welcome to another massive episode of the Shoulda Backed It podcast. A dominant display by Zaki saw him take out the fourth edition of the $5 million All-Star Mile at Flemington. Over in Sydney, five massive Group 1s were headlined by Fireburn's eye-catching Golden Slipper win. I'm Phil Georgios, and to talk through all this weekend's racing action, I'm joined by News Corp racing editor Chris Fenicio. Great to see you again, mate. Uh, you, I, you had your eye on at Flemington, I see. Hello, Phil. So many remarkable stories and performances from the weekend. Great day of racing at Flemington. Yeah, it was a good day on the punt. Pretty happy everything fell into place. And as I said before, so many you know, good performances. Shelby 66 becoming a Group 1 winner. That's got to top the list, don't you think? And It does, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, and Fireburn, unbelievable effort to win the Golden Slipper. And personally, happy that Zaki was able to show his class in the All-Star Mile after backing him at a very good price when the final fields came out. Well, Big V, you've jumped on it off the back there and um, good defensive play. But before you tell us about your should have backed it for the weekend, I did just want to revisit your comments from last week around Shelby 66. In particular, that uh, the horse is a bush horse uh, and uh, wouldn't get within cooey of some of Australia's best, best sprinters. Uh, how did you enjoy your humble pie on Saturday evening? I think with uh, Shelby 66, I think it comes down to he's a very good heavy track horse, not just a wet track horse. He excels on heavy tracks, and you look at his record now, he doesn't have a win on the soft, but he's he's been he hasn't been out of the placings on a heavy track, and you know I could have given him a bit more respect based on that regard. Look, it's been an amazing few weeks for for that horse, and the connections are uh, really stepped up unbelievably so in a lot of ways. So you're probably maybe okay to think that perhaps it wasn't quite up to some of these horses, Big V. But you did say to us last week also that we would be expecting a better price at $17. We certainly didn't get that. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, Big V. But I, I wanted to start off by just jumping straight into your should have backed it and should have sacked it for the weekend. And I'm really hoping Shelby's you should have backed it. Yeah, I have to make Shelby 66, eating a little bit of humble pie here. And I backed a few winners on the day and I built a, I built myself a bit of a bank. So I had nothing to lose jumping on the Shelby 66 bandwagon. And as, as I said before, I, I think I under, underestimated the horse on a heavy track. And then when the rain hit on Saturday morning, the track went from a heavy eight to a heavy nine. And $13, starting, uh, $13 on Saturday morning and he's been backed into $7 starting price. And I think I should have jumped on earlier in the day. What was your should have backed it, Phil? I should have backed it for me. Is uh, It might come as a bit of a surprise, actually, Big V, but it's actually Animo. Um, I didn't actually have a bet in the race. I, I got a little bit confused by all the, the form and Converge getting the job done last time against against the star three-year-old. But uh, I must say, uh, Animo was an amazing performance and I think one of the highlights of the day, it's win. um, $1.70, certainly no spoil there, but uh, you were not worried about your money at any stage in that race. All right, we'll move straight along now then to our should have sacked it for the week, Big V. Um, I might kick off there. I had private eye in the George Ryder. By that point in the day, it was clear that horses weren't really running on and private eye is a bit of a get back horse and was going to be coming out of one of the inside barriers. So not really well suited to getting the job done there and, and never really got into the race. So, yeah, I had private eyes, my should have sacked it. But uh, how would you fare, Big V? 
Yeah, I told you you should have jumped on Forbidden Love with me in that <laughs> race. But anyway, my, my should have sacked it is Lombardo, and I keep saying it, and i just got to follow my own advice. Flemington straight form, you've got you've to factor that in. Lombardo was unplaced in two straight runs before Saturday. He's zero from three now. Last spring he won three in a row, and he was $6 in the Maticado. And I, that's the reason why I had him on top. But it doesn't mean you can bring that form down the Flemington straight. And if this race was at Caulfield or Mooney Valley, I would have had a lot more confidence, and he blew out from four dollars to five fifty, and and that's a big drift. Certainly is big V. Now let's move over to the the main race of the day at Flemington. It was a beautiful day. Uh, I saw you down there, mate. Of course, uh, looking very sharp in your suit. Um, and the main race, of course, was the All Star Mile, headlined by Zaki, who really did firm as the favourite for that race, and uh, understandably so in the way it won the race. How do you, what do you make of the race? And were there any runs in behind Zaki that you uh, that caught your eye, Big V? Well, first of all, with Zaki, three fifty, and in some some places you're able to get three sixty. That was a very good price, and it's sort of hard to decide whether you should jump on it now or or if it's going to ease out a little bit. Because barrier fifteen, I think, is half the reason why you're getting three fifty for him. So. Well, when I saw some markets starting to make the move, I, I managed to get 350, so very happy with that. My concern with Zaki leading into the race was whether if the All-Star Mile was a high-pressure race, could he handle it? But they went pretty slowly here, which is pretty, which is disappointing for a $5 million race. And once he hit the lead and they slowed down, the race was over. Just collect your money. Yeah, exactly. Um, Obviously, I was on Zaki too, mate, and... As soon as I saw Jamie Carr just slip into that nice position behind Callsign Mav, uh, yeah, it was it was just about curtains on the race, mate. I went to the uh, the digital virtual queue to go collect because yeah, it was a, a really nicely positioned, and I think it was actually the slowest run over sixteen hundred at Flemington that day. So for the main race and for the the best Group One S courses, uh, it was very slowly run and really played into Zaki's hands. I thought in behind on Thunderstruck ran on really well. Uh, you know, Streets of Avalon came out of nowhere to to hold on for third there, and really don't think many people picked that. And again, Mr. Brightside and Cascading were both pretty good runs as well. I thought there was there was a few cause for concern early in the race with Zaki. He he was three wide, and I thought Lightsaber could have done a little bit more to keep Zaki posted, but I think gave up that spot too easily. And Lightsaber has finished down the field, and something may not have been right with him. But you don't know until after the race, so. I just thought a bit more could have been done to put a bit more pressure on Zaki. Yeah, I, I agree with you with I'm Thunderstruck. He was always going to be three, four pairs back and finishing strongly, which he did. I just thought with Cascadian Inspirational Girl that there was no intent from their barriers. They jumped out of six and four, respectively, and they were, they're back in the field last, second last around there. So I thought they could have used the barriers a bit more, particularly that they went slow in this race. So... They wouldn't have been doing too much effort, you know, to be to put themselves in the race. And pinstriped, I wanted to mention six dollars in the morning out to ten dollars starting price. I left him out of the top four. I thought he was under the odds. I, I know he was unlucky in the guineas, and for argument's sake, let's say if he that he did win the guineas, that doesn't mean that the guineas is you know a stronger form race or any better form race, and. I thought coming up against the likes of Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, Cascadian, Inspirational Girl, 
he was a bit tight in the market and that was due to his unlucky run. Yeah, and look, I think all the three-year-olds ended up running reasonably poorly in the end, Big V. I know there were some couple of them were quite well spruiked, including pinstriped. I couldn't believe $6. That didn't make any sense to me midweek. And it did make sense that I guess it uh, sort of uh, eased towards the running. But yeah, Zaki, I certainly missed the price. I was hoping for something around $3 or a little bit better. But I think $2.40 was probably the fair price in the end. And uh, I think that's something we even mentioned before the race that, you know, look at this field and uh, wait for age over $1,600. Um, how Zaki was at $3.350 is, is quite astonishing in hindsight. But yeah, I, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed that some of the jockeys didn't put in a little bit of a, be a bit more proactive in their approach and, and try to take on Zaki. But I guess each, each, each had their own plan and, and stuck with it. Probably doesn't matter for us because we were on Zaki and the race just set up perfectly for him and we collected. Exactly, mate. That's all we've got to worry about. Um, now, there's a couple other good races at Flemington on the day, the the, Mug- the Mugatu and the uh, Regal Power. Um, any, any insights or thoughts around those two races? Yeah, starting with the Mugatu, won by Gentleman Roy. Excellent ride by Jai McNeil. Led at a solid tempo. And that tested Bermudez, who was stepping up from 12 to 16. Bermudez, by the way, was fantastic. You know, with that tempo up against a fit horse. He stuck on pretty well and only just got beaten by half a length. And I just think maybe going from that 12 to 16, if it was a 1,400-metre race, that might the result might have been different because he, he probably just didn't have that. Just that fitness right at the end would have been telling. Cherry Tortoni, well, you you always have that make that risk backing back markers and maybe he left his run a little bit too late. He was still cantering at the 400, so maybe not as much urgency uh, from the rider on Cherry Tortoni, but another flashing light run. He'll suck some punters in next start, no doubt. And the Regal Power, Hondas was huge. Team Williams Team Williams have him back on track. I thought um, Grand Slam, 1,400 to 2,000. That's a big step up in distance. So I was against Grand Slam, but... He was back from 360 to 290, so that's worth noting because, you know, the market liked him, even though he was stepping up a big jump in distance. He'll be fit next start. And the Fibrillate just couldn't match Pondus's acceleration. And I think with Desert Icon, I think it might be spell time for him. Yeah, the, you, you couldn't miss Pondus's win, could you? It was probably the one of the more dominant wins on the day across um, most cities, actually. It was a a very nice win. And, yeah, at $8.50, if you were, you know, keeping the faith, you were repaid for that because it it really did dominantly win that race. Now, we'll move across to Sydney now, Big V. Um, We obviously had a number of big group ones up there, headlined, as I mentioned, off the top by the Golden Slipper. Fireburn ended up winning at around the $12 mark uh, in front of Best of Bordeaux and the race favourite, Cool and Gatter. Fireburn was outstanding and it copped some interference at the 600 and that's a crucial stage of any race and for him to pick up and, and win, that was incredible. Best of Bordeaux nearly led all the way, very gallant and I'm interested to see what you thought of Kulangata, Phil. He loom, she loomed to win. Maybe not having those runs on the heavy track, she might have been a run short 
the expectation for me was she would drift on the day because of the heavy track, but she's been well supported from 450 into 370. You know, maybe not having that lead up run cost her in the end. Yeah, I think it might have, mate. I, I guess it's it's hard to, to predict the weather uh, up there in Sydney, but yeah, it just peaked on its run as you thought she was going to sort of really go past Best of Bordeaux and take out the win and was really well ridden on the day there by James McDonald, just sat in the perfect spot and exposed at the right time. But yeah, it just sort of peaked early on its run and Fireburn had that extra bit of sprint in its legs to get past her. And I think, yeah, that nine weeks between runs was really telling towards the end there uh, for Coolangatta in particular. Yeah, and as our listeners know, I did have a little bit um, riding on Coolangatta to win after Zaki got the job done in the uh, All-Star Mile. I, I, was, I was very excited to see it sort of loom to win, but yeah, obviously didn't get the job done there, Big V. Good track, might have been a different result. Uh, the horse that they did come for because of the heavy track was She's Extreme, $9 into five fifty, but she was never a factor. And the other horse worth noting was Shazarden. Also found trouble when Fireburn did as well, but you know, the rider has decided to go out widest, whereas the winner stayed on the, the inside rail. And and he's finished, he still finished eight lengths, but you know, I think he, he was a bit, he was unlucky. Yeah, for sure. All right, mate, we'll move to the sprint now. We've already touched on it off the top after your infamous comments around Shelby 66, but the Galaxy actually was a really good race this year. It had, you know, a really grandstand finish as well with In the Congo and Big Parade fighting it out before our mate Shelby, the people's horse, getting the job done just on the line there. Um, what did you make of the race, mate, and where do you see some of these horses going moving forward? Is there any, any that caught your eye outside of Shelby? Yeah, there was a few good runs there. I thought Big Parade and In the Congo were very good returns from them. Interesting to see where they go. Overpass was unlucky. The gap closed on him in the straight. Brooklyn Hustle, typical performance from her. You know, again, back marker, you know, she might win a race, but you're going to lose a fair bit of money backing these types of horses. I want to I want to hear what you think of Bella Nipentina, Phil. She's been flying under the radar. She blew the start. She's one of your horses. I don't know if you <laughs> caught the replay of the Galaxy, but I think you know Bella Nipentina might have a win in her this prep. Just depends on which race she goes to, but her run was pretty good to finish in eighth. Yeah, I've always I do like the horse and have backed it in the past, of course, but I don't think it's right at that top level Group One. Uh, Bella Nipotina. I, I like it in a nice group too. Um, you can still get a decent price usually as well, but uh, I just don't recall it really ever really lifting to that extra level in those bigger group one events. Um, I was actually mostly impressed with Overpass. I'm glad you mentioned Overpass. I thought that was quite eye-catching in behind. I gave it no chance, to be honest, before the race and almost had to eat a bit of humble pie myself there, Big V. But yeah, look, Bella Nipotina is certainly one to follow. I certainly wouldn't... Um, steer you away but yeah just when the, you know the whips are cracking in these big group ones I, I tend to look elsewhere i know we've talked about shelby 66 but one last point i want to make with him that i've noted down was in the run he was in the same line as away game and isotope and they're two quality mares and shelby 66 has ended up winning the race and you know away games finished three lengths behind and isotope I think the track was too heavy for her. She's also pulled up with a, a slow recovery. So those three horses were in the same line, and he was just too good. 
too good for them. Well, surprisingly enough, I thought Shelby 66 had a similar run to Kulangatta. Sort of peaked in that, in that same position at the same time in the race, but was able to go on with it a little bit more. But, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that further. I think you've got a question for me about Shelby 66 later in the podcast, Big V. So we'll we'll move along now to, to the Ranvit. Um, which, uh, you know, obviously it was a, a, an exciting race in itself. Um, in the end, very elegant. Dollar twenty winner gets done by Montefilia. Yeah, we should talk about the Rampart and the Rose Hill Guineas together as they're over the same distance and they're only a race apart. So you can get a good line on comparing the form from those two races. And Montef- first of all, Montefilia... Great ride by Jason Collett. Stayed off the fence and forced Very Elegant to track behind her. And I think that was the winning move. Take nothing away from Very Elegant's performance. Uh, that was a, a great effort. I know she was a dollar twenty-four, and a lot of punters would have been very disappointed. But Montefilia was only second up, and I think she's come back a better horse. And I think you've got to rate the win by her. Very Elegant. Very good. There was a big gap to the rest of the field. It was seven and a half lengths to third. So they, they, were, they were two outstanding performances. And, and they ran a second and a half quicker than Animo. And the last 600s from both races, weren't. there wasn't much between the last 600s. So I think um, Animo, just too, too good for the rest of the field. I thought Converge was a little bit disappointing you know, 2,000 on the heavy track might have been a tough ask for him. But when you compare the two races, I think um, Montefilia was a better performer than Animo. Well, in particular, Montefilia's run that I was impressed by was the fact that it was such a heavy track. I'd kind of not thought it was a heavy track horse in the past. And the fact that it managed to get the job done, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks on these bottomless tracks in Sydney at the moment, I was quite a surprise from my perspective. I obviously stayed out of the race as a betting prospect with a horse a dollar twenty, but uh, I wouldn't I don't think very elegant would have lost any admirers uh in that race and obviously being set uh for the Queen Elizabeth, which I think we could talk about now, Big V. And in particular, I wanted to ask you, mate, do you think Animo deserves to be the favourite for the Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, that's a good question. I think on face value, after the Rose Hill Guineas and the way he just dispatched that field. I can understand why he's favourite, but when you pull apart the times and the sectionals, I, I think um, Zaki should be the favourite. And you, we spoke about this last week, and you pointed out to me that Zaki was favourite for the Cox Plate. And I think Zaki would have been even shorter had had he not had those question marks over him heading into the heading into the Cox Plate, and subsequently he was scratched on race morning. And um, I'd have Zaki as the favourite. And I was looking earlier today and Montefilia was $11 for the Queen Elizabeth. I think that's way over the price. I'll have Zaki and Montefilia ahead of Animo. Uh, We've also got, of course, uh, very elegant in that market as well, Big V. But, yeah, I I, I tend to lean. I know we've got a few weeks until we have that, that big race and it is shaping as an amazing race, that one, in a couple of weeks' time. I'd probably have Zaki on top at the moment as well. And if you're getting $4, $55, that price holds. Um, I'll be I'll be more than happy to take advantage of that one, Big V. But again, at the same time, I think Adamo has proven that uh, he you know, can be dominant at that distance level as well now. The 2000 seems to be really where Adamo hits its straps. 
it can obviously put in some good performances at uh, shorter distances. But yeah, 2000 is where we really get those peak runs for Animo. Phil, my question for you, should the connections of Shelby 66 pay the $55,000 late entry fee and run into TJ Smith? Oh, of course, mate. They should start one of those GoFundMe pages, shouldn't they, where they can uh, get the people to, to put in for the people's horse to get into the TJ just to prove the big V wrong and to sweep past Nature Strip to take it out. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what will make you do if that happens, big V, but, look, in all seriousness, uh, if the horse is sound, and that's something that none of us will know uh, yet, only only the connections will know, it's had eight runs in nine weeks or something like that, which is extraordinary. If they can keep the horse up, if the conditions stay the way they have been the last few weeks, I think I think they'd be right in the game and, and would, would want to consider that uh, absolutely, Big V, because you don't get many cracks at these types of big races. And if your horse is in form, if the conditions suit, and, uh, you know, you, you've got the money in the bank, you've just banked your group one, why not have a crack, I say? Well, I'm looking forward to the rematch between Shelby 66 and Eduardo <laughs> and Nature Strip. And, and I did say that, Shelby 66 wouldn't get within five lengths of Nature Strip next time they met. I should put a disclaimer. Oh, here we go. The backtracking started. Yeah, on a good track, heavy track. I'll still have Nature Strip in front, but yeah, I'm going to put that disclaimer in. Oh, Big V, I can see the beads of sweat on your on your brow already, mate. You are nervous about what's going to happen on TJ uh, in the TJ. Look, let's hope he does. I think the good thing about Shelby, uh, I think it is. I mean, I'm joking, it's a people's horse, but I think it has brought a little bit of that that life and, and colour into the, the racing and you are seeing people sort of follow it as a bit of a, you know, a bit of an omen bet. So, yeah, let's see. Let's hope it does get into the into the TJ. Now, Big V, we've just had a big chat about, you know, the, the Group 1s there in Sydney, the All-Star Mile and a couple of the other races at Flemington. But I was hoping you could sort of give me a 3-2-1 rating of your top three performances from the weekend. Yeah, my top three for the weekend. I'm going to go with number one. Uh, so this is three is the three two one basis. So number one, Pondus. The more I, I looked at the replay of his win, and that was a, a massive performance. And be interesting to see whether that's a cameo appearance from Team Williams' horse, or if he goes to Sydney. Number two, Zaki, and number three, Montefilia. Uh, Phil, do you have a, a top three top three winners from the weekend? Yeah, so my number one, I'd, I'd go with Animo for the reasons discussed earlier. I thought it was a really dominant win. Um, really gapped the field, obviously. You mentioned some of the times there, but you can only beat who you're racing against. Uh, number two, Zaki. I think that was just a really nice win from the outside barrier. Never, never in doubt, really. Sprinted away from them. And that's actually something that we didn't touch on, Big V, but uh, the, the way Zaki can, can sprint uh, has really added that dynamic um, ability to its, its repertoire as well. It's not just a stayer. And my number three, or, you know, the, the best performance for me on the day anyway, was Shelby 66. Number one for me, mate. That that was a, how could you go past it? Just because I got to, to send you a text afterward to ask if you were on. Yeah, nothing like self-interest, I think, Phil. What price did you end up getting for Shelby 66? I think we, um, we overlooked that because it was... Pretty short on the tote, and when did you jump on him? On him? Uh, well, it, it's funny you say that. Big V, I was out there enjoying the day at Flemington, and I did see it at thirteen dollars, and thought, oh, that that looks good. I, I might get onto that. But time lapsed, good times were had, and 
races were watched and I only ended up getting it at $7.50, unfortunately. But still, mate, you'd definitely take that. I needed to take your advice, though, Big V, from the previous week, which was to put all my winnings from its previous start on, but didn't quite do that. Otherwise, I'd be a very happy man. Now, mate, we, uh, we'll just finish today, I guess, with the horses to follow moving forward. I think you've mentioned a couple through the podcast, but it'd be good if you could just clarify, I guess, your top two or three horses that you, you're going to be looking at moving forward. Yeah, the three, I've got three horses I'm going to put in my follow file, Pondus, Bermudez and Grand Slam for all the reasons that I outlined earlier in this podcast. Fair enough, Big V. Well, Again, we've got some replication in our horses to follow. I did think Pondus, that was an obvious horse to follow based off that win. Um, I want to say Cherry Tortoni. Now, I know it's one of those horses that just always is just off them or running nicely into fourth, but the way it sprinted, uh, you know, it was 10 lengths last just about at the 400 and it has flown out of nowhere. Make sure, do yourself a favour and watch the replay, Big V. Um, if it can replicate that type of finish again, and it's a big if, uh, definitely one I'll be uh, keen to have a little bit of a look at uh, no. moving forward. Don't worry. I, I saw the replay and no, I'm not going to get sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can feel I should have sucked it coming on in a, in a future episode for me, but um, we'll, we'll stick with it. All right, well, Big V, that's all we've got time for on this week's episode of the Shooter Back to Podcast. Uh, obviously, it was good to see you two weeks on the trot at the track, mate. They got some nice crowds down at Flemington again. I think 12,500 for the All-Star Mile, so they would have been pretty happy with that and similar crowds for Super Saturday. So um, I think they're off to Mornington this week in Melbourne uh, as the, the championships begin in Sydney. Yeah, good weather helps. It, it tracks the crowd and... Yeah, I think I might not venture out to Mornington and Bendigo next two weeks. I'll uh, be too far from me, but Mornington will be <laughs> your area near, near you. Oh, look, we are looking that way, mate, but I, I probably won't get down to the, the wonderful Mornington racetrack this week. But, yeah, always a good day down there. Spent a, a number of nice days, uh, Peninsula Cup, etc., at Mornington. Um, but anyway, Big V, thanks for your time. Thanks for running us through all your, your successes from... Saturday and or and uh you know admitting defeat when it relates to Shelby and uh thanks to our listeners and as always good luck on the punt